Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. A lot of people back down the bike. I didn't. I made it a point. I said, just tire him out. Tire the f*** out of him. You just got to tire him out. And I kept hitting him and banging him and hitting him and banging him. It took a toll on Mike. It took a toll. And then <laughs> resting him a little bit. And then the, the, the series changed. And I wish I could have did it earlier. I don't know if the outcome would have been different. But it, it, it was a difference. <laughs> and, and beating him down a little bit. The glove. I had no problem with the glove. I had no problem with Gary Payton. I had a lot of other things on my mind. <laughs> I love that. Got a lot of other things on my mind. He didn't matter. Man, I, I just, why can't, why can't MJ give a little bit of credit to the other guy? Because uh, that's not, not. Just a little bit of credit. Gary Payton was a great basketball player. But to insinuate that he was anywhere near on the level of Michael Jordan is what drives this guy. It's like the overwhelming thing theme throughout yeah, all of this. I mean, yeah, it did he, come through time and time again. Just as and petty G- now as he was then. And Gary did uh, in his little uh, little soundbite there. He did say that uh, he thought that uh, had he been on Michael Jordan from the beginning of that series, it might have turned out differently. So it, he did he did cause a spark there. Yeah, well, and and how, how dare did, he? And right, and how how dare he uh, even hint at the fact that he was somewhat effective against Michael Jordan? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's the theme of this whole thing. Which why? Uh, and I know you saw the story last week. I found it interesting that uh, that they just barely got John Stockton's interview for this thing right before the whole COVID mess started. And it was because uh, this quote was uh, was uh, reported. John Stockton didn't want to be part of Michael a Michael Jordan puff piece. And it, it seems like everybody that they interview for this thing, Jordan watches the interview and then just buries the dude. I mean, he just laughed basically <laughs> right at Gary Payton. Gary saying yeah. he thought he did a nice job for a couple of games, and Jordan just laughed at him. Like, I wouldn't want to be a part of that either. Isaiah Thomas didn't, you know, he just, it, it's like we talked about last week. It's Jordan's hit list. It's one after another, and it continues. No no real show of, uh, of that anything's changed in his mind, right? He still hates Isaiah Thomas to this day. I would imagine that if if Michael Jordan was going to have some respect for other players, that Stockton would be among them. We'll see. Come on. We'll see. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. But then John Stockton's not going to pop off and trigger MJ by saying stuff like, well, if I'd been covering him, we would have won the series from the beginning or whatever. Uh, So so I don't know. Maybe there will be some honor that uh, MJ will pay because the Jazz have to in the next two episodes, the final two episodes, the Jazz have to play a major role in or if not major, substantial, uh, if that's a different word, because obviously these this we're coming up on the end as it flashes back from the final season. It's coming up on the uh, pinnacle of all that. And the Jazz are right there. Involved, obviously. What was uh, what was storyline number one out of uh, last night's two episodes for you? 
Well, the two two main thoughts for me. One is Jordan's relationship with his father, which I have great respect for. I think that is really, really cool that he felt so close to his dad. I got the feeling earlier in the series that uh, that he had a strong feeling for his mom, too. But this bond he had with his dad, I think, is, is really a nice, nice, nice thing and a nice tribute by Jordan to feel the way he did about his dad. So... I still have questions about how, why, I mean, was it just a random act? Uh, all the comments from the commentators in last night's episodes were saying that it was irresponsible for anyone to connect anything Jordan ever did with his father's murder. And that is quite an accusation, you know, and a heavy thing for a son to have to carry with him. And everybody, as as you said, as part of this particular documentary, is uh, siding with with Jordan on on that particular issue. Can- I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Has there been has there been more information about what what these these two teenage kids that that uh, cost uh, Mr. Jordan his life? Uh, have, do we know more about what they say happened? Well, yeah, we know that yeah. they were convicted. But I mean, can I can I jump in real quick before we we get into that detail because I I have some thoughts of uh about this scenario. I'm actually glad that this is where you you wanted to go with this because for the first and only time in this documentary during what you're talking about where people were connecting him with his dad's murder, I I actually felt bad for Michael Jordan. Hmm. You know, I, he, he complains about uh, complains about the the fame and and people you know not knowing him or or disliking him automatically or all this stuff. I mean, he built this image that has made him billions, and you know he did it very intentionally and meticulously. And we're seeing that even with this documentary, where it's all you know masterminded by his airness. And and you know you can get it, you can do that, I guess. But I'm not going to feel bad for you when there's some negative ramifications of, of what you did. But with that said, can you imagine going through the sudden death of your father and having people without any sort of of evidence that I'm aware of make yeah. the connection between Michael basically saying he's responsible for his father's death? I mean, that is that is just a horrible accusation to make. I can't I yeah. can't imagine going through that. I mean, it'd be one thing if there was some sort of you know, connection or, or something that would lead somebody to believe that. But just knowing that Michael Jordan likes to place a few bets and taking that leap to he was somehow responsible for his father's uh, his father's death is is ludicrous and reckless. And I can't imagine having to go through something like that. You and I have both driven around the roads of North Carolina before. And I'm, I'm telling you, that is just a tragedy for someone to pull off the road to take a nap. Because he doesn't want to drive irresponsibly, it's tired, and then to have something like that happen, heartbreaking, unbelievable sorrow. So, yeah, so they, they, they went through that, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, they also make it three things, not two. They went through the whole baseball episode and what that was like. And I, I, I don't know if I agree with Jerry Reinsdorf that... He would have undoubtedly made it to the major leagues. Uh, I, I, I can't speak to that, but uh, the fact that he could play at the level that he played at is, is pretty remarkable for a basketball player to be able to do what he did.
Well, it's what, it's how I remember it. It was a circus. I mean, he he was yeah. a circus act. He he wasn't at least at the time a great baseball player. He just wasn't. Well, I don't Reinsdorf know. said he would have been. Uh, but, and, uh, uh, it was Reinsdorf's circus. Of course, he said that. You know, because you saw some of the criticism in the documentary over, uh, you know, that uh, they were making a mockery of baseball or whatever. So, of course, he's going to defend it. But that was about money. I mean, isn't that why he continued to pay him basketball money even when he was playing paying or playing double-A baseball? You know, I don't that know, was, but Ryan was Storff made it sound service. like he was a hero owner because he did that. I mean, he, yeah, that's, I great. that's great. That was self-serving. But the, uh, the Barons had had to have had their by far most popular po- uh, uh, profitable season still to this day, right? I mean, that does does uh, Reinsdorf own that team too? I, I don't think so, but they're the farm system yeah, for the, the Sox, yeah, right? Yeah, if he owns so, the if he owns the mothership, you can, he puts them where he wants them. And remember, he so, played for the Barons. Because the media availability was so right. strong. But how is that lining Reinsdorf's pocket? I'm not so sure what the, the kick-up in minor league baseball is. I know that uh, the major leagues pay for all the salaries, so I would imagine that they get something that the franchise produces, right? But I, I don't know. We'd have to ask uh, our friend Mark Amicone about that, how exactly that works. But I, I'm sure Jerry was making money off of it somehow. Then the other main theme I got out of these last two episodes was uh, Jordan's leadership style and uh it was rather rugged with his teammates and his teammates seemed pretty honest about that calling him certain names we can't uh, say on the radio Uh, essentially take any synonym you want from the word jerk and uh that's that's what they called him uh but uh, you know, a lot of people thought Jordan's comment at the end of the one episode about how you can uh, this is the way I play. If you, you, you don't have you play that way, if you want, if you don't want to, then don't and got emotional about it and reminded everybody who was in control of the production by saying break and uh, got up to walk away to compose himself. But I find it fascinating. And this subject has been a sort of a study of mine through my 40 years of doing this. And that is the, 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 the meaning, the breadth and depth of competitiveness, uh, you know, the competition within one's soul and how one goes about to express that competitive nature and to uh, find uh, the ultimate performance both as an individual in an individual sport and as an individual in a team sport and the effect an individual in a team sport can have on that team. And there are different ways of doing it. And there are different ways that are acceptable, uh, if, well, depending upon how you want to view your own ability to accept things. But Jordan's way was aggressive and by, considered by some to be mean and uh, others uh, do it with a softer touch. And Jordan's way was to ridicule and to threaten and to put fear in the hearts of his teammates. And they said as much. Uh, so, Jake, before I give my impression of all that, I'm curious to know how you felt about Jordan insulting his teammates and challenging them by calling them out. Um, <laughs> not very nice. Uh, how about that? Uh, I don't think he was a good teammate. Uh, I, I I don't. Now, they 
they accomplished something that other teams uh, in history had never accomplished. I mean, right down to the, the, the best record right until the, the Warriors broke it. Uh, but talking about the three-peat, and, and Jordan felt vindicated to, to step away. I mean, there, there's no doubt that the way he approached basketball worked. I mean, it worked better maybe than anybody else in the history of the game, right? But I, I would guess— Bill, if, Bill Russell might uh, take issue Maybe, with that. maybe, but I think you get what I'm saying. And I uh-huh. think if you ask people— and I'd be curious about this. If you really ask people and they honestly answer, like uberly, uberly successful people, right? Especially those that maybe built it from nothing. You know, uh, somebody that uh, that built up a, a, a business and was incredibly successful. I, I would guess that if you asked them if they were entirely proud of all of their actions to get to where they got to, I would, I bet most of them would say no. That there were some difficult decisions that needed to be made, and some things that they weren't necessarily all that proud of. But the, you know, that old saying, Gordon, the ends justify the means. Well, yeah, but that was spoken by Machiavelli. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, it, you know, we could criticize how the the sausage is made, right? But it's the the deliciousness that anybody cares about. And well, so, me, as, as long as you stay within the confines of uh, these wonderful things we like to call laws, you know, there's there's. There's people whose method probably isn't all that pretty, but it's all about the success, right? So when you talk about someone who is seeking success and wins uh, in the business world, and if they step on people along the way, is that what you're saying that they might be not be proud of looking back at, uh, at the damage that they left in their trail uh, how about uh, as this? they were moving forward? Because Jordan... I didn't really get the, the the idea that he was stepping on people. I got the impression that he was challenging people. Well, it depends on how you look at it, right? Well, that's how I look at it. Okay. That he was right. he was getting up in the grill of his teammates saying, play hard, pour your heart and soul into this. And if he got the feeling that you weren't doing that, then he was going to jump all over you for it. Well, you could say the same thing about Rick Majerus. But, you know. His behavior, we didn't all approve of all the time, did we? Especially well, now in, well, in hindsight. No, because they, they, was, he, is, was, he being, was he treating them poorly or was he challenging them? Yeah, yeah, both. It, it depends, on, of, it depends on who writes history. It depends on the winner. It, 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 and like it or not, like, you know, nobody's going to criticize Michael Jordan too much on how he treated his teammates because they won, which was his goal. Uh, which was his goal in the first place. I, I, That's true, too. But Rick won, too. But he was found out eventually. And that uh, that what what Rick did absolutely crossed the line. Well, he's still revered. Well, cost him his job. But, you know, uh, maybe you can think that if if a coach had taken a swing at a player the way Jordan did, his teammates, now that that, that would have been a headline, wouldn't it? Well, what we're talking about so that, is, is is the same behavior, though. I mean, yeah, well, maybe that's one, my point. one took, but yet you're justifying one and criticizing the no, other. No, no, I was I was just asking that question rhetorically because of what I had just said prior to it. Okay, that 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 would not be acceptable behavior either. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you may I agree with you that the winner usually does write the history. And in Jordan's case, six uh, six trophies uh, say that he was doing it the right way. You, I think reasonable people can ask the question, did it help or did it hinder? Could those teams have done what they, done, what they ended up doing without Jordan being a bleep? We'll never know. 
And it doesn't matter because they've got six rings. Well, it kind of does matter if you're talking about the, the look of the whole thing, right? I don't think he cares about the look. Well, yes, he does care about the look, I suppose. I mean, that's what this that's is all about. That's why he's managing this whole production. Right. He cares. All right, stay tuned. We'll get into more of this coming up. Also, Major League Baseball has come up with a plan that they're going to put before the Players Union, which, by the way, this is far from uh, a done deal, and we can get to that um, uh, coming up here momentarily. But long and short of it, uh, they try to start the season around July 4th, which would be pretty cool. Uh, There's an expansion of playoff teams from 10 to 14. It's an 82-game season. Uh, They're talking about using home uh, stadiums in areas that have local and state government approval uh, with no fans. Um, Spring training 2.0 would begin in June. Uh, they, they, this is interesting, a universal designated hitter for this season, so both leagues would have the DH. Um, geographical schedules in which teams play only in-division opponents and interleague opponents in a similar area, you know, the, the uh, Yankees and Mets, for example, and a 30-man roster with a taxi squad that would have upward of 50 players available. So that's kind of the the details of it. And we can get into this, too. They're also proposing a revenue split, which is going to be, at very least, uh, controversial. But that's kind of the basics of what the the owners want to do. So what happens to the teams that play their home games in areas that are hotspots or have not yet uh, been cleared to do that kind of thing? Will they play their games in another stadium, some other team stadium? I believe so. That's what they'd have to do, right? I mean... Yeah, I, um, unless uh, unless they went off to their spring training facility, uh, wherever that might be. Which they could also do. I mean, with, with no fans in attendance, things get a little more flexible, right? Just need so a what field. Do you ma- what do you make of the idea? Uh, do you like it? Do you think it uh, is feasible? Do you think it's wise? Uh, what, uh, based on what you know at this point, Jake? Um, I and, do, and I, what you know, and what you know. This is the interesting thing about it, is what you know is probably what they know. They don't know anything that you don't. Right. Well, I I like it because I, I like them thinking about how to how to get it going. I like timelines. I think timelines make us all feel better. The uncertainty about this whole thing, which still exists, by the way, don't get me wrong, uh, but has been part of the the maddening uh, nature of of this situation. So I, I I like it. I like that the the wheels are starting to grind. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be done bef- between here or there, for example, figuring out some of the, de- the details that you just put out there and how states are, are going to behave and what they're going to allow. You know, that's that's a, a big deal. But between now and July 4th, a lot could change. So California doesn't uh, w- certainly wouldn't allow it at the moment. But in a month or a month and a half, you know, would they be willing to have games without fans, right? Maybe it loosens up enough that you could you could figure out a way to pull it off. Here, here's where, uh, what I'm concerned about, Gordon. I'm concerned they're they're proposing a 50-50 revenue split, which this is the problem. Baseball is the only sport that basically is unsalary capped, and the players have never agreed to a revenue split of any sort, like other sports have. They they've never gone down that road. So there's a lot of people out there saying that the, this, isn't, this plan isn't going to make it because the players are never going to agree to that. Because they think that that will limit them moving forward, setting a precedent that right. they don't want. Right. Boy, wouldn't that be something if, if the, the owners uh, come up with a plan and then the players vote it down for whatever reason? You know, it might be a good reason, but 
if they vote it down, oh my gosh, that that seems like I wonder how baseball fans are going to react to that. Well, and see, here's where the NBA comes in, and maybe we can get to more of this um, uh, coming up next, but it's why the news we got about the NBA today extending uh, um, until September the 60-day window that preserves the league's right to terminate the collective bargaining agreement. They said they're going to kick that can further down the road. That's that's really good news because they're uh, if they just – went into the emergency measure that would be bad for everybody and that would set up a potential labor dispute in the NBA. This way, it appears that both sides are a little bit more amenable, whereas that might not be the case in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. And what 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 sport has always had the strongest players union? Baseball. Mm-hmm. But see, I, I like the NBA's approach and how they're handling it with their union because it makes things a lot more workable. And the NBA is saying, hey, we're not going to get crazy and take the measures that we can. We're going to stay on hold. We're going to preserve things as they are. They've made some minor adjustments, right? And we're going to keep this thing afloat as long as we can to see how many games we can play. Because really, it's it's bad for the players if they go by the letter of the law, too, because what's the salary cap going to look like over the next several years, right? right? Exactly. Which would be disastrous for the players, actually, and the owners. So it seems like both sides have been very amenable to this point, which is a really good thing. I don't know if that's how it's going to work with baseball. Check me if I'm wrong on this, Jake, but the owners have reduced the uh, the contracts, right? That's have what I'm had, saying. Yeah, yeah, there's been some mm-hmm. small adjustments, but for the most part, they haven't blown everything up like they could. Yeah, yeah. Boy, this this is really interesting how this is going to work out. Uh, I I did also notice that uh, that uh, the 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 various information that was provided for NBA players essentially is that there are no good options. Let's let's get into that a little bit coming up next, shall we? Because uh, yeah. we didn't have proper time to really digest it when we saw the news coming across the wire on Friday. So let's get into a little bit about what uh, what Commissioner Silver had to say right around the corner. And uh, if, if all our listeners out there could consider this, how will you feel? How do you feel about what Major League Baseball is trying to get done here? Are you eager to have that season start? How do you feel about games played in various stadiums? How do you feel about uh, empty stadiums? How do you? F- how hungry are you for the game? Do you think because of the the way this whole thing has happened that that caution should be uh, more caution should be utilized? Uh, let's uh, let's think about those things. Huh? More big shows straight ahead. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.